Now let's continue working our way through Mark's gospel. <clears throat> we come to chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Chapter 1 of Mark's gospel. Now for those of you who are, are new with us, I, I love my mother. I still love my mother who is in heaven but I've never preached Mother's Day's or Father's Day's sermons. We, we pray for mothers in the service, but I've always thought I honored my mother most by honoring the Lord and doing what I believe I should do, which is to continue what we're preaching. So we've come to Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, and I do wish mothers a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> You'll be hearing the gospel, and there's nothing better than the gospel. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, as we come to this text, may we see our need of Christ. May we see his sufficiency. May Christians revel in it. May we glorify the Lord because of it. May we be filled with hearts that praise May we be a doxological church and individually praising Christians, and we pray that this text will help us to be just this, because it gives to us yet another view of the grandeur of salvation, the greatness of our Savior, the wonder of the incarnation, and even points us ahead to the cross and the resurrection from the dead. We pray, Lord, that those who are lost and undone among us will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Open hearts, we pray, for if Christ Jesus can heal lepers, then he can save souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please take your copy of God's Word and stand, Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 40. This is the Word of God. A leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. As we have been seeing in Mark's gospel, people of God, the miracles of Jesus were revelations of the kingdom of God. They were confrontations with the powers of darkness that call us to decision. They lay an absolute claim upon our lives. They suspend reliance upon all other authorities. And this is especially true of Jesus raising the dead. And it is true of the miracle of the cleansing of this leper as well. 
we see, first of all, a leper comes to Jesus. A man with leprosy came to him. Think with me what this means. If you know Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, perhaps reading through it, you have noticed that it's dealing with leprosy and the cleansing of lepers and what excluded them from the body politic of Israel and what would again include them if they were cleansed. Leprosy in those passages, which would be the backdrop to what is happening here, this may be a term used for a variety of skin diseases, including Hansen's disease, what we call leprosy. William Hendrickson points to the view of Dr. L.S. Heisinger, who was both medically and theologically trained. And he studied carefully those passages in Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, and he concluded that what Moses described was what we call leprosy, that it was Hansen's disease. I'm in agreement with him. Various other diseases are not touched on in Leviticus, but this disease is singled out, and it is singled out as a symbol of sin. His disease, this would be true of any leper, his disease in four ways would define the leper. All that he touched would be unclean. If he touched a cup, it would be unclean, a utensil of any kind. If he touched a bed, if he touched a wall, it would be considered ceremonially unclean. The leper was a social outcast, having no place among the people of God. Leviticus 13.46, he shall dwell alone in a habitation outside the camp. And he could not worship at the tabernacle. He could not join later in the temple worship and public worship of the living God. He was excluded from the worship services of ancient Israel. And he went about as a mourner. Leviticus 13.45 says, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover his, the lower part of his face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! So this is a symbol of what God thinks of sin. It was a pointer to the moral leprosy of the human race, a pointer to original sin, the corruption of our nature. Sin makes us unfit for fellowship with God and no place among the people of God. You know, the rabbis define the law even more in regard to these. As you know, the Pharisees added accretions and they added to this idea of how a leper was related to the people of God. For example, if an unclean man afflicted with leprosy stood under a tree and a clean man passed by, the latter becomes unclean. If a clean man stood under a tree and an unclean one passed by, the former remains clean. If the latter stood still, the former becomes unclean, and on and on with these rules and regulations this would have been the life of the leper. That great Jewish Christian biblical scholar Alfred Edersheim made the statement that as the leper passed by, his clothes rent, his hair disheveled, and the lower part of his face and his upper lip covered, it was as one going to death who reads his own burial service while the mournful words, unclean, unclean, which he uttered, proclaimed that this was both living and moral death. So, unclean, unclean, it is as if he is reading out loud his own impending burial service. 
or was already in that time of burial and death. So a man with leprosy came to him. Do you see what this means? The law told him to avoid others, to cry unclean. He came close, close. He did not do what the law told him. He came close enough to Jesus that Jesus will touch him. In Luke 17, verse 12, it speaks of 10 lepers that were healed by the Lord Jesus, all of whom stood at a distance, not this man. He did not stand at a distance. He came within touching distance of Jesus and dared to believe him for the impossible. He sees the uniqueness of Jesus, and he comes by faith, the first prerequisite of discipleship. You can cleanse me, he said. He doubts not that Jesus has the power to remove his leprosy, if you will. Faith in Jesus overcomes this man's fear. Faith in Jesus overcomes this needy man's despair. What about you? Is that true of you? If it is a symbol of sin, and if that is one of the grand purposes of the performance of this miracle, to see how Jesus deals with leprosy, ah, how he deals with sin to which it points. Where are you? Where is your heart? What is true of your life? Remember, it was a symbol of sin. Secondly, Jesus heals the leper. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you were willing, you can make me clean. And then we read in verse 41, in most of our English versions here, that filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, I rarely mention something like this because usually it's not a matter of, of importance in interpretation, but there are some, there's a textual variant. There are some manuscripts that read one way and some manuscripts that read another, and so you have to weigh the evidence and determine which is the right reading. The choice is between the manuscripts that read compassion and other manuscripts that read anger. So, for example, the Revised English Bible translates, Jesus was moved to anger. And some of the most astute students of Mark's gospel have opted for that reading. It's hardly conceivable that a scribe would substitute anger for compassion. But it's easy to see why a scribe, not understanding how Jesus could be angry, would smooth it out and supply the word compassion. And also the parallel passages in Mark and Luke do not use the word compassion, supporting the view that the word was not originally present in Mark, if indeed they are using Mark. So the original reading seems to have been, Jesus was moved to anger, and he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I will be clean. Now this is amazing. Jesus is dealing with the realm of the demonic he is angry at the realm of darkness. In Luke 13, 16, the crippled woman that was healed on the Sabbath, Jesus spoke of her as under Satan's power for 18 long years. Disease is the devil's work in the sense that it is traceable to his rebellion against God and his temptation of our first parents and the part he played in the fall of man. And therefore, all of Jesus' miracles, all of them, wage war on the kingdom of Satan. 
Here he looks on this man, disfigured by the devil ultimately, and he is angry. He reaches out in compassion for sure, and he touches him. But I think A.H. McNeil was right when he wrote, he was angry with righteous indignation against the forces of evil seen in human suffering when the leper came for healing. So this is another powerful presentation before the eyes of faith of the uniqueness of Jesus. Confirming what we read in 1 John 3.8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, do you think that it is, Christian, that it is being much like your Lord when as those who have been cleansed by His grace, we are angry at all that is unclean and destructive of our fellow man? I do. There is what is called righteous indignation. But remember Leviticus 13 and 14. Leprosy is a symbol of sin. Jesus came to cleanse lepers. God is willing. Do you hear? Come to Him in faith. He is willing. Sin is, sin is far greater than leprosy. Come to Him, ask for cleansing, and He will do it. There's something that was written by, her, by Andrew Bonner in his great book on Leviticus. It's an old theme, but it's as up-to-date as ever, even though the language is a bit archaic. But he says this so beautifully. O leprous soul, a high priest passes through thy country now who could deliver thee from thy diseases. Come, come, though thou hast sat alone under thy juniper tree apart from men these many, many days. Come, Though in vain thou hast hitherto looked for any abatement of thy disease, perhaps no man ever cared for thy soul. Perhaps thou hast looked on the right hand, and there is no man that would know thee. Perhaps it is long since refuge fail thee. But a high priest is in the land who can deliver thee. He takes thee as thou art. He pronounces thee as thou really art, unclean, unclean. And then he stoops down and says, look unto me and be saved. He passes by. He walks on the outside of the city where the lepers are sitting, wistfully looking in through its gates, yet not daring to enter. He will soon enter in and shut its everlasting gates. Invite him near. Nay, he is near. He it is that talketh with thee. He has blood that cleanses from all sin. His touch is healing. His look is life. But if once in hell thou art forever and forever miserable, no balm of Gilead is there, no tidings of a leaf of the healing tree, the high priest can deliver, never passes through the cursed land. Leprosy is eternal there. And therefore, wailing and woe never end. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Oh, while you have breath, believe and trust in Christ. Believe and repent. Rely upon Christ alone for your redemption and for your salvation. While you yet have breath, we call upon you to trust in Christ. But then thirdly, Jesus shows compassion. In saying that the best text may indicate that Jesus showed anger against Satan, his dark kingdom against sin, 
We are far from saying that the text does not show the compassion of Jesus. You see it especially in the fact that Jesus touched the leper. This was an unparalleled act of compassion, and Mark draws special attention to the touch. Verse 41, moved with pity or with anger, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Now, Elisha did not touch Naaman the leper. Jesus touches the leper. Jesus could have healed with a word. Imagine the feelings of this man. When was the last time that anyone had gotten that near to him? When is the last time that he had been touched? Maybe even it was when he was a small child in his mother's arms. Or maybe working side by side with his father as a little boy before he contracted leprosy. But since that time, no one has even touched him. When was the last time anyone allowed him to be near, much less had touched him? The outcast, touched with compassion, looked and cared for. Now, I want you to note two things. First, by touching the leper, Jesus is claiming divine authority. By touching the man, Jesus is not dishonoring the law. He is claiming to be God who is the author of the law. Note also that by touching the leper, the Jews would regard Jesus as unclean. The rabbis took incredible precautions to avoid lepers, and Jesus touches the leper. And the time would come in which he would become unclean for us on the cross. The time will come as we move on and mark that he would identify himself with us as our substitute, becoming in clean, unclean, unclean in the sight of God, because our sins were imputed to his account in his sight. And the best commentary on what is happening here is in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, when we are told, for what the law could not do in that it was weakened by the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So here we have the author of the law meeting the demands of the law, and that is what the cross is all about. There the author of the law met the demands of the law, the law of God that would crush us because of our sin, both original and actual. The law broke out in fire and wrath against us lawbreakers and demanded satisfaction, and Jesus came as our penal substitute to meet the demands of the law for lawbreakers like you and like me. The healing then was immediate. Don't pass this over. Use your imagination. Perhaps it was Hansen's disease, as I think it was. It had begun with red spots on the skin. These increased and turned into white scales that would cover the body. The whole body was covered looking white and diseased, just like Miriam, of whom we read in Numbers just a while ago. The disease worked inwardly. The joints were dislocated. Fingers and toes and limbs would drop off, and slow death would occur. It has been described as a sort of living death. And Jesus touched him. 
the man's disfigurement disappeared. Is there some sin that has gripped your heart like leprosy in which you need to come and say, Lord, show me compassion. Touch my leprous heart. Indeed, are you willing to say, I am lost. I am a a leper through and through. Sometimes people want compassion without change. Sometimes people come for help and are unwilling to realize that the problem is not fundamentally their mother, their father, their background, the way they were hurt when they were children, though we are sympathetic with those sins against them. That the fundamental problem are not our drives that seem uncontrollable, that must find release, or what others think of them, or how others treat them, or whatever may be in their list. And they are very disappointed with the minister whose biblical approach says the fundamental problem with you and with me is you and me. It is the human heart, fallen and sinful and leprous. And often people want a solution that allows them to hold on to their sin or that doesn't require them to submit their wills to the Holy Spirit. And their problem is the way they are addressing the problem. The leper came to Jesus because he couldn't miss it. He lived it in death day by day. The leper came to Jesus because he saw, he knew that he was a leper and he could not remove his leprosy. He could not heal himself. And if we come to be forgiven by, by some knowing of some gripping sin or understanding that the heart is thoroughly corrupt, oh, my friend, Jesus Christ is able to remove that leprosy. But if you are that sinner, that that thoroughgoing leper, what encouragement do you find here? You find the encouragement that there is, since it's a symbol of sin, and it was the greatest of the symbols of sin besides death itself, you find that there is no guilt that is too great for Jesus Christ to forgive. The encouragement that you find is that His atonement where he identified by taking our sins upon himself on the cross. His atonement is sufficient for the most heinous of sins and sinners. You will find, as old Matthew Henry put it, that God would not appoint a physician to his hospital that is not in every way qualified for the undertaking. Jesus is sufficient. You'll find that his blood is sufficient to cleanse you from your sin that there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge, lepers plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Don't you understand that God recorded the fact that Jesus touched the leper to show us, to remind us that there is no sin, no moral failing, no law-breaking, so great that it is beyond his healing touch, and that Jesus has the power to free us. Oh, but my sin is infinitely great. Indeed, 
Our sins are infinitely great because we have sinned against the infinitely holy God. Yes, it is, but Jesus is the infinite God become man, and his sacrifice is therefore infinitely valuable. You see his condescension. You see his sympathy and fellowship with us. He determined to come to us in our sin and in our loathsomeness, in our total depravity, And he spoke, and it was done. In this case, he touched, and it was done. He left the throne to touch us lepers. Then notice, fourthly, Jesus commands the leper. He tells him not to tell anyone. As a matter of fact, He was very strict with him. In verse 43, Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And you'll find that emphasized in Mark's gospel. Don't tell anyone. In some ways, it, it, it dampers the excitement and the opposition to Jesus until the time comes. But also so that there will be the full revelation of who he is in the cross and resurrection But Jesus shows respect to the ritual law. Mark retains the word cleansing of the leper. For Jesus, the priest in Jerusalem could only declare that the leper was cleansed. Jesus actually cleansed the leper, and he came to redeem those under the law. And Jesus says in verse 44, go and do this as a witness to them. And this probably means not only a witness to them, but a witness against them. Yes, a witness to them, do what the law says and let it point to me. I can do what no priest there in Jerusalem can do, but also a witness against them. Lane says in his book on Mark, the healing of the leper demonstrated that God had done something new. If they neglect this sign or deliberately refer this gracious act to an evil origin, the accomplished sacrifice will testify against them on the day of judgment. And this applies today we have the testimony of scripture and it's a grave matter to contemplate that on that great day someone perhaps even here though i pray not will stand before the lord you have heard from my word that i cleansed lepers all who come to my son by faith are forgiven but you would not come. Notice that the leper did tell what happened to him. Jesus told him in very severe terms not to do it. And in verse 45, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. When I read these sorts of things in the New Testament, I don't know if I'm right or not. I feel sympathy for him. I mean, Jesus has just cleansed him from leprosy, and he's told him not to speak about it, and that's the Lord's command, so it was right. But God forgave this sin, too. He couldn't help himself. I I think other sins, I don't want to say that about all sins, but but he had to glorify the Lord. A.T. Robertson said, one of the best ways to spread a thing is to tell people not to tell. 
So all these people are coming and, and Jesus has to go to towns, uh, avoid towns and go to desert places. Well, you say, I see it. It's here all in the text. But you know, there's something else I wonder you, if you've thought about. And this is the fifth and final thing. Jesus raises the dead. Well, pastor, where do you find that? I don't see anyone raised from the dead here. Where do you find this? Hmm. Well, in Numbers chapter 12, um, verse 12, let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Um, There are only two recordings of the healings of lepers in the Old Testament. That was one in Numbers 12, the other in 2 Kings 5. To heal a leper was considered to be on the par of raising the dead. Do you remember what the king of Israel said when he read the letter from the king of Aram about Naaman the leper? It's in 2 Kings 5, 7. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? So the king of Israel recognized it would be like raising the dead. I can't do that. And the rabbis said that it was as difficult to heal a leper as to raise the dead. So yes, that's the point. The miracles of Jesus demonstrate that the destruction of Satan's power through the kingdom miracles of Jesus Christ And this one in particular, especially the raising of the dead, shows the kingdom has penetrated into the province of the kingdom of darkness. And the miracles of Jesus point to the ultimate miracle. God broke into our lives by raising his own son from the dead. Welcome, happy morning that we sang just a few moments ago. The cleansing of the leper shows us the new thing that God has done, the new deliverance that he brings, the healing of the leper is a sign that we have been delivered from this present evil age with all of its sin, all of its fallenness, all of its corruption and defilement and distortion and bondage. And I love what Martin Luther said somewhere, just something that I remembered. Luther said, the love of God does not find, but creates what is pleasing to it. Bonner in Leviticus says, it was a disease, leprosy, it was a disease which man could never heal. And therefore our Lord manifested no less divine power and Godhead by healing the lepers as much as by raising the dead. To turn the pale, loathsome, putrid leper to all the beautiful vigor and health of a little child was what only God could do. Only the arm that could raise the moldering carcass from the grave. It was resurrection power that we see in this passage that healed the leper of his disease. And it is resurrection power that forgives sinners like us our sins. So we are all here this morning because by nature we are lepers in need of Jesus' cleansing touch. 
And here we see the extent and the depth and serious nature of sin. Isaiah 1.6, from the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. The Bible doesn't speak of sin in pleasant ways. It's, it's death and it's corruption. And thus Isaiah describes sin and its effects. But what did Christ do? The Lord Jesus Christ, leprosy being the symbol of sin, Jesus cleansed the leper. And here we see that God's saving dominion has arrived. And Jesus said, I will, I will be clean. He spoke, he touched. Jesus touches lepers. Jesus, the risen one, raises the dead. All who come to Jesus by faith know that he is willing to cleanse from sin. Doubt it not, Jesus is willing to save sinners who come believing him for salvation. Can he really do that, Pastor? The Bible says he can. Many of us here, probably most of us, can say he did it for me. Can he really do this for me in touching this man? Jesus is claiming divine authority. Only he can do it. In Exodus chapter 4, God is preparing Moses to go before Pharaoh. Take your hand, put it in your cloak, take it out. It was leprous. Put it back, take it out. It was white as snow. Only God can do that. Jesus came to remove the sinner's guilt. Jesus can raise the dead. He speaks in listening to his voice. New life the dead receive. The mournful, broken hearts rejoice. The humble, poor believe. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if on a Mother's Day, maybe when someone is not here because you recognize that you're a leper, maybe, maybe now you do. And maybe you walk in unclean. You trust in Christ and you leave. Cleanse from your sin and cleanse from your guilt. Amen and amen.